today. You don't act like you believe that. Uh-huh. It's amazing. You know, we've heard that said so many times and we've never seen the reality of it. Hello? That's why we don't believe it. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? But every church in New Zealand today, God is there. There's got to be at least two believers there. Isn't that right? What is it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, uh, there's got to be at least two believers there. Now, the only reason he isn't doing anything there is because nobody's believing him for anything. So if nothing happens here today, it doesn't prove that God wasn't here. It proves that nobody was believing him for anything. Because he's only going to do what we believe him for. Hallelujah. You know, I know a lot of people are not believing for uh, God for anything because they come down here and ask me to pray for their sickness. Hello? God didn't tell me to pray for your sickness. He told me to pray for your healing. Isn't that right? I ain't tell you to pray for the sickness. And you don't need to tell God what your sickness is. He already knows. Isn't that right? He knows everything there is to know about you. Hallelujah. And so you don't need to tell God that you're sick or what your sickness is. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And, uh, and you know, we really need to uh, examine ourselves to see whether or not we're operating by faith. If you're talking about the problems, then you're talking unbelief. Hello, you're talking unbelief. Faith talks to the problem and tells it where to go. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. And so uh, we really need to examine ourselves to see whether or not we're operating by faith. Hallelujah. Because you know the Bible said in the last days my people shall know their God and they shall do great exploits. Well, where are the people that are doing great exploits? Not very many. Hello? Not very many. But every one of us should be doing it because we're believers. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, I've been challenging people over the last three years, everywhere I go, that the same Jesus of me is in you. The same Holy Ghost in me, same Holy Ghost in you. So whatever God's doing through me, he can do through you. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. I had a Baptist church in Taiwan called me up wanting to know if I would come and, and uh, uh, pray for the sick. I said, on one condition. They said, what's that? I said, that you let me preach to them. Oh, he said, we got another preacher preaching to them. I said, fine, get him to pray for the sick. He said, well, he doesn't have that ministry. I said, I beg your pardon? 
I said, sir, I've read through this Bible over 600 times. And I said, I have never seen where God called a preacher and told him just to go preach. Every single one of them, he told them to go preach, heal the sick, cast out devils, do miracles. Hallelujah. He said, well, you got this ministry and you need to use it for the church. I said, yeah, I got the ministry and I'm using it for the church. But I said, I happen to know that God is a faith God. And if you're going to get anything from God, you're going to have to operate by faith. And I said, uh, if you had faith, I would need to come down there. <laughs> Hello? I said, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. See, what actually comes from hearing the word of God is how to take your faith and plug it into the power source. The power's here. Hello? The power's here. I was in Thailand a couple of years ago, and I was preaching to about 1,500 people, and I walked out there and I said, God's here tonight, and uh, today, and I could tell from their reaction they didn't believe it either. <laughs> you get more excited watching a rugby game. Huh? Glory be to God. And so anyway, I said, I'm going to prove to you that God's here tonight. I said, I want you to bring all the deaf and dumb people up here. So there's about 15 people up there. I prayed for them, cast the devils out of them, and, and prayed for them, and every one of them could hear and talk. I said, now, who's the healer? They said, Jesus. I said, then he's here. We sing a song. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. And I don't know what we're expecting to see, but we are so foolish to realize that you're seeing Jesus. Whenever you see a person prayed for a prayer and get healed of that prayer, who healed them? Well, you just saw Jesus. So what are you talking about? Open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. What kind of Jesus do you want to see? The long-haired guy that uh, the picture is on the wall? I got news for you. Jesus ain't long-haired. Hello? <laughs> Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. That picture is the Roman Jesus. Hello? It's the Roman Jesus. It's not the Christ of the Bible. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's another Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? The Antichrist. Hallelujah. You want, our, you want a picture of Jesus? Read the first chapter of the book of Revelations. Well, how are you going to paint a picture like that? He's brighter than the noonday sun. Well, that sun is 93 million miles from Earth, and if you stood out there at noontime and looked up at that sun for 10 minutes, it'd fry your eyeballs. What would it do if it was right here in this room? That's why we got to wear these earth suits. Because if we didn't wear these earth suits, every sinner that we came to would just turn to dust. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. You got a beautiful, a glorious person living right inside of you. But all you see is a human. 
Hello, poor little human. Well, I got news for you. You're not poor little humans. You're supernatural beings. Hello? You're supernatural beings. See, we're singing all kinds of songs. Take my hand, Lord, and lead me on, or whatever. And, and, and it's just unbelief or feelings based on flesh. Hello? The Bible don't say God's going to take your hand and lead you anywhere. It says he's going to lead you by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. The sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit, not by the hand. Somebody took a hold of your hand and led you somewhere. How would you know it was Jesus? What does it feel like? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just a closer walk with thee. Well, my goodness, he's walking right inside of you. Well, how close do you want to get? Huh? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, I was just in a conference in Fiji, AOG conference, and uh, they were uh, preaching, and they, they would say, God's here, and the Holy Spirit's here. And they'd finish the preaching and then sing a song. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Hello? The Holy Spirit's already here. Jesus is here. You don't have to sing to get Jesus in there. Two people come together in his name. He's in there. Hallelujah. Not only that, this is a temple that God lives in right here. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you, and you know, we're running all over looking for healing when the healer's living right in here. Huh? All we got to do is learn how to get it out of there, into the flesh. And you do it with this thing right here. Isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. Now, when you get saved, baptized in water, and baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's only one thing left to do. One. We're doing all kinds of works to try to be holy. We're doing all kinds of works trying to be righteous. We're doing all kinds of works to try to be this or that. But it's all wasted time. You're as holy as you're ever going to be right now. Hello? Bible said you are the temple of God and the temple of God is holy. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? You're as righteous as you're ever going to be. It said he became sin with your sin that you might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. It ain't based on what you're doing. It's based on what he did. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. You know, we've been having fantastic miracle services with communion because we don't teach it the way the church teaches it. Hello? They tell you to examine your heart. No, that ain't what it's all about. In the first place, the Bible said no man knows his own heart. Hello? The only person who knows your heart is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? Isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. And then you, you come down there feeling bad and squalling and bawling and carrying on? Well, it should be a time of celebration. Hello? When you take that, that cup in your hand, ask yourself, what was this bloodshed for? Make you holy and make you righteous and to make you worthy. 
Isn't that amazing? And it, and it saved you from going to hell. Hello? So it's a time to celebrate. It's not a time to feel bad. See, we've been doing it religiously. But we, we don't teach them to do it religiously. We teach them to do it biblically. Hallelujah. And we've been having people getting healed of all kinds of things, all kinds of miracles happening when they partake of the communion. I tell them, just receive it. It's all on that, in that communion. Every promise in this Bible is on that communion table. Hello? And all you got to do is receive it by faith. You don't have to do anything to earn your healing. All you got to do is believe and receive. Isn't that amazing? And you can only believe what you're hearing. So if your hearing's off, your believing's going to be off. And if your believing's off, then your faith shuts down. You can't plug your faith into the power source. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Go with me in your Bible this morning to 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Second Corinthians thirteen five. You know, uh, the first things we should have been taught in church when we get born again is who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, what we can do in Christ. And the second thing we should have been taught is how to live by faith. Why? Because if you're not in Christ, you can't claim a single promise in this Bible. Every promise in your Bible was made to Abraham and his seed, which is Jesus Christ. So if you're not in Christ, you can't claim a single promise in this Bible. Hello? Isn't that amazing? You know, they tell you, religion tells you that you can't claim this promise because that's made to Israel. You can't claim this promise because that made to Paul. You can't claim this promise because it's made to somebody else. No, that's not true. Every promise in your Bible is made to Jesus Christ. And it says, if you be Christ, then you Abraham's seed and heirs of the promises. So every promise in this Bible was made to you. Hello? Isn't that amazing? You know, I like to read this Bible as God's personal love letter to me. Hello? That's the way I read the Bible. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And I know he didn't make it complicated because he called a sheep. Huh? And sheep aren't too complicated. <laughs> Glory be to God. They're not too bright. And so, so he called a sheep. Hallelujah. So it's not complicated. If your Bible is complicated, it's because you got help from the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, I was, when I was in that alcoholic treatment center getting saved in, the, in Iowa, they made me go see the psychiatrist. And so he's using these great, big, long words. And I finally said, sir, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, what do those big, long words mean? He said, I don't know, but they sure sound impressive, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't 
That's why preachers use big long words when they're preaching because they want you to think they're smart. Huh? Glory be to God. How, I can't use big long words because I can't even pronounce them. Glory be to God. And I got saved, I couldn't pronounce half of the words in the Bible. And I just said, that when I came to him, I just said big word and went on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen to this now. And if you don't know how to live by faith, you can't appropriate any promises of God. Hello? Only way you can appropriate them by faith. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? So the scripture says here, examine yourself. Now, who are you supposed to examine? Yourself. What are you going to use? The Bible. Not your human reasoning. Not your five senses and not religion. Hello? Religion will kill you. It's got death in it. It's got no life in it. Christianity is not a religion. Hello? It's Jesus living in here and living out of here. You know, you're praying, asking God to change you. He don't want to change you. He wants to exchange your life for his life. You can't do God's work. The only person who can do God's work is Jesus. That's why you got to die to self and let Jesus live his life through you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, when I got saved, I was just like the Apostle Paul, immediately preached Jesus. Now, I didn't know nothing about the Bible. But I could hear the Holy Spirit. First week, I led five people to Jesus. Hello? They kicked me out of the mental hospital for leading five people to Jesus. They wrote on my record, this guy's too crazy to be here. Huh? I went down to my town, and I went down the street, knocked on every door, and told everybody about Jesus. Hello? Now, everybody listened because I'd beat up every guy in that town at least once. They were scared not to listen to me because they were afraid I'd beat them up if they didn't. But I didn't scare the hell out of anybody. And then I went out in the country to a farmhouse. I went in the house and there was a man sitting at one end of the table with black glasses on. Um, woman sitting on the other end of the table, I sat down between them and led them to Jesus. And the woman with tears running down her face said, Brother Howard, can Jesus heal today like he did 2,000 years ago? And I said, yes, ma'am, he can. She said, then pray for my husband. He's blind of both eyes. I thought, God, I opened my big mouth. Now what am I going to do? He said, lay hands on him. Well, I used to be a professional heavyweight boxer, and I had laid hands on lots of people. <laughs> Huh? I thought, God, you've got to be joking me. You want me to lay hands on him? He said, yes, but very, very gentle. <laughs> so I laid my hands on him as gently as I know how, and I hear this voice right in here just as clear as day. It said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do an even greater works, because I go to my Father. I said, well, what do I do? He said, command the blind devil to come out in the name of Jesus. So I did, and the man jumped up and started shouting, I see. 
I jumped up and started shouting, glory to God at work. I went back and told, I went back and told my pastor and they kicked me out of the church. Now they never kicked me out of the church when I was drunk. Isn't that amazing? But when I got drunk on the Holy Ghost, oh, isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. And the next person I prayed for was a little girl who tried to blow her brains out with a pistol. And I prayed for her within three days, totally healed. The next person I prayed for was a dead man and God raised him from the dead. Now here's the people telling me I can't do this. The church people. Hello? I said, well, just follow me around and watch me. <laughs> just follow me around and watch me. Hallelujah. So they threw me out of the church. I said, God, what do I do now? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. So that's what I did. Hallelujah. Listen to this now. Examine yourself. What are you supposed to examine? Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. How are you going to do that? You remember the centurion who said, Sir, you don't need to come to my house and pray for my servant. You just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I have never saw such great faith, no, not in all Israel. So how did he see his faith? By the words coming out of his mouth. So the first thing you're going to check to see whether to prove, uh, to examine to see whether you operate by faith is the words you're speaking with your mouth. Are you talking the problem or are you talking the solution of what you believe? When you go to God, you don't need to tell God the problem. You need to tell God what you're believing for. My brother-in-law who lives in Auckland and his team have won 7,000 people off the streets of Auckland in the last four years. Plus, he's a full-time businessman. He owns six businesses. Hello? Plus, he's been, I don't know how many mission trips overseas. Isn't amazing? He gets up in the morning, he says, God, I'm believing you for so many souls today. He gets them. Gets on an airplane to fly to Hong Kong, where his businesses are. He said, God, I'm bleeding you for so many souls on this airline flight to Hong Kong. He gifts them. See, we're not believing for any souls. We're asking God to save them. Only problem, that prayer isn't even scriptural. Hello? My Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. Isn't that right? So what you need to be praying and doing is going and preaching to them. Hallelujah. If you want your family members saved, preach to them. So what if they throw you out of the house or they, they, they leave your house and go somewhere else? Let them. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, I, when I first got saved, they told me, you've got to be very careful preaching to people because you could drive them farther away from God than they already are. Now, how can you drive a sinner any farther away from God than he is? Huh? Boy, he's as far away as he's ever going to get. 
the truth is, you're not going to get him closer to God without preaching to him. One preacher in Alaska was at a conference. He preached, you could be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that one? Well, I was supposed to preach the next day, and I was the youngest preacher there. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to preach that you've got to be heavenly minded before you're in your earthly good. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. The most heavenly minded man that ever walked this earth was Jesus. The Bible said in Colossians, get your mind off of earthly things and get it on heavenly things. My wife says to me sometimes, you've got to get your head down out of the clouds. I said, no, I need to get your head up in the clouds. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Isn't that amazing? So sometimes she says, you don't even care. I said, you're right, sweetheart, I know. I cast all the care over on Jesus. Do you want to talk to somebody about the problem? Go talk to him. I don't have one. Glory be to God. And so the first thing you're going to check is the words coming out of your mouth. If you're talking about the sickness, you're talking unbelief. Hello? You know, there's a teaching going around that you cannot confess you're healed if you're sick because you're lying. Well, let me ask you a question. Did God lie? Does God lie? Well, he said by his stripes you were healed. Not going to be word. That's past tense. So what's lying then? Your sickness or God? Hello? God's not lying. I don't care what you feel like. It still says the same thing. By his stripes you were healed. About 10 years ago, I developed a big blister on the bottom of my foot. I didn't treat it. I walked around and, and uh, I went to overseas to ministry. I come down here to New Zealand. I was in New Guinea. I was in Fiji. I was in Sri Lanka, India. And when I got home, I had gangrene in my foot. And the doctor said, you're gonna die. I said, that ain't gonna happen. He said, well, we're going to have to cut your leg off. I said, you're not cutting my leg off under any circumstances. Well, we're going to have to cut your foot off. I said, you're not cutting my foot off either. He said, something wrong with you. I said, no, there's something wrong with you. You plug into the wrong power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I still, I still got my foot and I still got my leg. Hallelujah. Why? Because I never put no faith in what that doctor says because it doesn't agree with this. Hello? Well, what if I stand on the word of God, brother, and die? Well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather die not standing on the word? Because if you do, I can tell you where you're going. <laughs> you're not going to heaven. You know, I've been amazed at how many people tell me they believe they're going to heaven when they die. But they're afraid to die. You've got to die to get there. Isn't that right? You've got to die to get there. Glory be to God. Even Jesus had to die to get back up there. 
Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And so why are we afraid to die? You think heaven's the worst place on earth? I've been to heaven three times. I guarantee it ain't a worse place. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. So the first thing we're going to check is the words coming out of our mouth. Do they agree with the Bible? Are they scriptural? You say you're sick? What chapter and verse did you get that from? Huh? Mary 13, 5. No, there's no such chapter. You look at me kind of puzzled. There is no such chapter in the Bible. <laughs> but you didn't get it from the Bible. So you must have got it from your private interpretation. Now, listen to me. The most deadly thing Satan has ever introduced to the church is called mental ascent faith. Mental asset faith agrees with the Bible, but doesn't believe it with the heart. It says things like this. I know the Bible said by his stripes I'm healed, but I'm still sick. I know that God will open the windows of heaven, pour me out a flood tide of uh, blessing if I pay my tithe, but I've been doing it for 10 years and got nothing out of it. See, that's mental ascent faith. You don't believe the Bible. Because if you did, you wouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. Believing is a verb, and it's an action word. And I can't always tell what you believe with your words, but I can always tell what you believe by your lifestyle. Because your lifestyle is sum total of what you believe with your heart. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Now, the second thing you're going to examine, you remember the four men who bought a guy to Jesus on a stretcher? Couldn't get him in the house, so they tore the roof up and lowered him down in front of Jesus. And the Bible said they, Jesus solved their faith. So how did he see their faith? By their action or lifestyle. So the second thing you're going to examine, your lifestyle. Does it agree with your confession? Hello? I believe that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, Brother Howard, and tomorrow you're in the doctor's office. <laughs> Nothing wrong with your confession, but there's something wrong with your action. I had a man come up, took his glasses off in Kuala Lumpur. He said, Brother, I believe you pray for me, God will heal me. So I prayed, I just mumbled a few words over him because the Holy Spirit said to me, he doesn't believe that. And so I just mumbled a few words over him and went on. And I was staying with this man. The third day, I come down the stairs, and he's sitting there reading the newspaper with his glasses on. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I believe God's going to heal me someday. I said, that's what you believed three days ago. That's why you didn't get healed. How many of you ever heard somebody say, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we believed that God's going to heal them, and they died? Have you ever heard that? Well, I can tell you right now, you didn't believe. Hello? You didn't believe. Oh, yes, we didn't. No, you didn't, because you prayed the same prayer over and over and over and over and over again. You should have prayed one time, and after that, you should have been praising and thanking God for the healing. But you didn't do that. You prayed over and over and over and asked God to heal you. 
Lord. Well, Elijah prayed seven times, Brother Howard. No, he didn't. You need to read the story again. He went and prayed one time. The servant went and looked seven times. Hello? Well, the guy knocked and knocked and asked and asked for bread. No, he didn't. Read it again. He asked once. He knocked once. He got bread. Isn't that amazing? The stuff that we come up with to cover up our unbelief. Because that's what false teaching does. It covers up our unbelief. Hallelujah. You know, there's only one case in this Bible where a person didn't get healed when they prayed for it. One. What was the problem? Unbelief. The Bible said the children of Israel had the gospel preached, just like we're having it preached to us. But it never profited them. Why didn't it profit them? Because they never mixed faith with it. And if you're sitting here in the church and you're only hearing the word of God and you're not taking it out there and putting it to practice in your everyday life, then friend, you're just, you're not believing the word. Hello? See, that's what the problem is. We say we believe the word, but we don't do what the Bible tells us to do. Hello? Isn't that amazing? I was in a church in Thailand I said, how many people believe that these signs shall follow them that believe? In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Every hand in the place went up. I said, okay, put them down. I said, how many of you are doing it? Not one hand went up. Why? Because they didn't believe it. They mentally agreed with it. But they didn't believe it. Because believing is a verb and it's an action word. Now, listen to me. What you believe with your heart and confess in your mouth plugs your faith into the power source. Hello. Glory be to God. I had a guy in Australia come to my meeting one night. Called me up the next morning. He said, Brother Howard, while I was at your meeting last night, one of my cows died. He said, can you come down and raise her from the dead? I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have one cow raised from the dead or would you rather have eight cows? Because I said, you can charge the devil with stealing and charge, make him bring it back sevenfold. He said, I'd rather have eight cows. I said, okay. So I prayed and within a week, a farmer came and he said, I'm going out of the milking business. I've sold all my cows except eight. I can't seem to get rid of them. He said, would you like to have them? He said, yes, sir. So you got eight cows? instead of the one raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, listen to this now. So the second thing you're going to examine is your lifestyle. Do they agree together with your confession? That's when God sees faith. Now, both your words and your lifestyle agree together. Isn't that amazing? That's the problem. We say one thing, but do something else. You know, I had a guy sitting in a church in Melbourne on the front row here, and he said, I said something about you, you, you're moved by what you see, and he jumped up there and he said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe. I walked down, stood in front of him, and I went, boom, like I was going to hit him right smack in the face. He ducked back, and I said, hold a minute. You're not moved by what you see. <laughs> 
glory be to God. I said, I got news by you. If you can't see spiritually, you will not believe it. God told Abraham, get up on that mountain and look. Everything you can see, I'm going to give you for your inheritance. How many you ever heard somebody preach about blind faith? There's no such thing as blind faith. Just as a glorified word for unbelief. Huh? Glory be to God. Now, listen to this now. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobate? Three weeks before I got saved, I owned a bar, restaurant, dance hall, and some guy came in and was tearing up my bar. And so I gave him the fivefold ministry. <laughs> Took his nose clean off his face, a little skin over here holding it on the side. And uh, three weeks later, I laid the same hands on a blind man and God healed him. Same hands, but different power. That's how I know Jesus is in here, because he's the healer. Hello? It ain't based on a feeling. That's why most of you are living lifestyles like this. Huh? That's not normal Christianity. Normal Christianity is Jesus. Hello? It's Jesus. And Jesus don't live like this. Isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, when I read the Bible the first time, I saw Jesus' secret when I read the four Gospels. He said, I only say what my Father tell me to say, and I only do what my Father show me to do. So I realized if I was going to have a ministry like Jesus, I had to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying and obey him. And so I trained myself to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. First thing I did is I took all the road maps out of my car. We didn't have GPS systems in those days. And I threw them in the trash can, and I get in my car and say, Holy Spirit, you better know where to go, because if you don't, we ain't going to be there. And he'd lead me right to the place. The only time I had problems was when I tried to argue with him. He don't argue. He just shuts up, and the next thing you know, you got all kinds of voices coming at you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And so if you're going to do the ministry of Jesus, and that's what he called you for, to be an extension of his ministry. Hello? He called you to do exactly what Jesus done on this earth. Isn't that amazing? Every one of you. Every one of you. As an able minister of the New Testament. How did you get to be that way? By the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hello? No Bible school will ever qualify you to be a preacher of the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you qualified to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello? All Bible schools do is train you to speak denominational doctrines. Hello? Depending on what denomination Bible school you're going to. It will determine what kind of doctrines you hear. Isn't that amazing? But that's, uh, that hasn't set people free. And so it's not going to set people free because it's dead. You're preaching a dead letter. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So God said here, examine yourselves 
not everybody else. You know, I noticed in a lot of churches, people can tell me everybody's fault but their own. <laughs> everybody's fault but their own. <laughs> but it didn't say to examine your neighbor. You know, about in the 50s, I think it was, or 60s maybe, or 70s, there was an Olympic somewhere, and two ladies, one from America and one from South Africa, was supposed to win the 1,500-meter race. Neither one of them won it. Why? Because the lady from South Africa ran out of her lane into the American girl's lane and tripped her up and tore her Achilles tendon and as she was laying there on the ground, couldn't get up, the South African woman stopped to help her. Neither one of them won the race. And that's what happens when you're looking at everybody else, examining everybody else, you're disturbing or interfering with their race. You're out of your lane. You're gonna finish your race, you gotta follow Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Hallelujah, glory be to God. And so God said to examine yourself. Go with me now to Rome, or Matthew 17. In verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because you are unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place that shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, if you get a modern translation of, your, of the Bible, it says faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, but that is not the original Greek. The original Greek is faith as a grain of mustard seed. Okay? Now, if I was a farmer, and I got a seed here in my hand, and I wanted to produce a crop, what do I do with it? Plant it. Okay? So when I planted it, what did I do with it? Huh? No. No. Huh? No, I did, I did something with it. I gave it a job to do. Isn't that right? I gave it a job to do to grow and produce me a harvest. Isn't that right? Isn't that amazing? He said faith works the same way. That's why your faith isn't working. It's because you're begging God to do it instead of giving your faith a job to do. Hello? My wife was the only Christian in a Buddhist home. My wife is Chinese from Hong Kong. And so I told her, whatever you do, don't tell anybody they're Buddhist. You tell them, according to Acts 16, 31, they're all saved. Hello? She did that for 13 years. They're all saved now. We never once asked God to save them. Hello? I was in Penang. They asked me to come at the all-night prayer meeting and teach on prayer. I said, is it an all-night prayer meeting or an all-night beggars meeting? They said, what do you mean? I said, well, an all-night beggars meeting goes like this. Oh, Jesus, gimme, 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 gimme. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. I said, number one, the Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
I said, the Bible said, my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My Bible said that God's already blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly place in Christ. So what are you talking about? I, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. You're begging. You're not, you're not praying. You're begging. And it's not faith. Hello? It's not faith. They, uh, I've heard religious teachers teach the word ask means to beg. No, it don't. You look it up in the Greek. It says to make a demand as if it's coming to you. It's like going to the bank and getting money out of your savings account. You don't beg. You don't go down there and crawl across the source, crawl on the bowl and plead with them to please give you some money. Fast for 30 days before you go. Huh? Glory be to God. Isn't that amazing? See, the problem is you don't know who you are. Hello? You know, I had a Methodist pastor's wife came to me in Melbourne and wanted me to pray for her deliverance. I said, what's the problem? She said, I hate my husband's guts. I said, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes, Brother Howard, I love Jesus. I said, you love your husband? No! <laughs> so I go in the, in the living room, or my kitchen, and get a glass, a clear glass. I go in my little boy's room, and I get a piece of plastic toy. And I took that in there, and I said, now, I want you to imagine this clear glass is Jesus. You love Jesus? Oh, yes, Brother Howard, I love Jesus. I said, I want you to imagine this piece of red Legos, your husband. Do you love your husband? No! I said, is your husband born again? Yeah. I said, well, when he got born again, God put him in there. Now, do you love Jesus? Why, she, her eyes got about that big around. And she says, why, I've never looked at it like that before. I said, yeah, you and 900 million other Christians, that's why we got 9,000 different denominations. Hello? There would have been no all those denominations if we could have looked at one another and saw Jesus. But I don't, when I look at you, I don't see a white person or a black person or a Maori or a white man or, or a, a Methodist or a Baptist or whatever. I see Jesus. Hello? Hello? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I said to her, sweetheart, if you ever get a hold of this, I said, it will change the way you go to God forever. You will never come squalling and bawling and carrying on again. You will come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because you're praying just like Jesus prayed. Hello? And the Father never once ever refused him. Hello? Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. I said, number two, it'll change the way you treat your husband and your children and your neighbors. Hello? I said, number three, it'll change the way you deal with the devil forever. Every time he shows up, you'll smash his head. Hello? 
Glory be to God. How many of you know today that the devil has no power? Only power he's got, what you give to him. And you do that with this thing right here. The tongue. Isn't that amazing? And so God said here, if you give your faith a job to do, there is nothing impossible for you to do. It's not impossible when you get this whole community saved. Hello? And you give your faith a job to do, like my brother-in-law's doing. Hello? You know, I'd like to challenge you this morning that surely you get enough faith to believe God for one soul a week. Hello? Isn't that right? You got enough faith to do that. So why don't you give your faith a job to do? That you're going to believe for God for one soul a week. You get that working? Then believe for two. You get that working? Believe for three. I started off believing God for $5 a week and five souls a week. One day I needed $100, so I prayed for the $100 and I got it. I thought, what am I messing around with $5 faith for when I got $100 faith? Well, I did that for a while, got it working good, and then I needed $500. So I prayed for $500, and I got it. So I thought, what am I messing around with $100 for when I got $500 paid? Well, today, I believe God for over a million dollars a year for this ministry and over a, hundred, a million souls a year. Long ways from $5. Why? Because I kept using my muscles just to make them bigger and bigger. Huh? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, I'm going to tell this in close. When I was a sinner, I could pick off the ground over 1,000 pounds. I could put 600 pounds above my head. Hello? That all started with five-pound weights. Hello? And they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, when I went to town, if there was no parking space, no big deal. I just got up and picked a car up and set it out in the street and parked. <laughs> if I was somebody's with me, I never used a jack. I just picked the car up, they took the tire up, I put it back on, and I let it down. Hello? Like I said, that started with five pound weights. Why? Because you've got to build up the muscles on the inside that you can't see first. And if you don't, you're going to tear your back up and your legs up lifting those big weights. Hello? So don't try to believe God. Like one guy told me in Melbourne, after hearing me preach and challenge him like this, he said, I'm going to go back to Sydney and get all of Sydney saved. I said, how many people you got saved so far? He said, none. I said, maybe you need to start with one. Hello? Got to build those muscles up. Hello? See, we're down here praying, God, give me more faith. God, increase my faith. Now, can I ask you a question? Did you have the same muscles today that you had when you was born? Huh? Yes, you do. Isn't that right? Now, did you lay there and pray, God, give me bigger muscles? Huh? God, increase my muscles. Huh? Hello? No. 
then why are we down here praying, God, give me more faith? God, increase my faith. How did you get those muscles you got now? By exercise. Isn't that right? By exercise. Isn't that amazing? Same way with your faith. You want your faith to be stronger? Then give it exercises. Give it jobs to do. It's more than capable of producing any job you give it. Isn't that amazing? You got fantastic faith. Every one of you got great faith. That is not your problem. It never will be your problem. Hello? What your problem is, what you believe in your heart and are confessing with your mouth. That's what the problem is. It's not faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is a noun. And so it's a person, place, or thing. And so it's Jesus. When you receive Jesus in your heart, he's the author and finisher of faith. So you got the God kind of faith. The same kind of faith God used to create this whole universe with. You've got fantastic faith. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? You're not weaklings. You're powerhouses. So you're down here praying more power. What would God need to give you more power for when you're not even using what you got? A lady asked me in Melbourne, pray she'd get a double portion. I said, what do you need it for? You ain't even using a single portion. Huh? God ain't going to give you a double portion just to sit on a pew and keep it warm. There is no ministry in the church pew warmer. Huh? Isn't that amazing? No, the church is an equipping center where the saints are equipped the ministry. It's the saints who do the ministry, not the five-fold ministry up in the front. But you people do the ministry. Hello? Isn't that amazing? Glory be to God. I was in a, te in a teaching in Bible school in Indonesia, and at the end of the month, the Lord said, call all the sick people up here, so I did, and he said, now, call everybody up here who has never prayed for a sick person and have them stand behind these sick people. So I did, and I said, now, pray for them. I walked up to the first guy here in the line, and he's petrified. I said, what's the problem? He said, he's deaf. I said, well, stick your fingers in his ears and command the deaf devil to come out. I went down the road, and I had to tell three people how to pray. I walked back to the first guy, and he still got the guy's fingers in the guy's ears praying. I said, why don't you take your fingers out of your ears and ask him if he can hear? <laughs> so he took the fingers out, and he said, can you hear me? He said, yes, sir. I said, now, I did that for one reason. Number one, I wanted you to see it wasn't me that was healing them. And I want number two that you to see that the same Jesus in me is in you. Every believer has got a healing ministry. Every believer. Hello? Now, if I point to that woman there and say you're being healed of some sickness or disease, that is the gift of healing. But Mark 16 is not the gift of healing. It's for every believer. 
Hallelujah. So every believer here has a healing ministry. You're, you're not, you have not chosen God. He has chosen you and ordained you to go and bear fruit. How do you bear fruit? By getting souls saved, people healed, people delivered, people set free. That's how you bear fruit. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. And the more fruit you bear, the more glory he gets. That's how you glorify God. You don't glorify God by singing a song, I glorify you. <laughs> Hello? It isn't done that way. It's done by bearing fruit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And God's keeping record of it. What you're doing with what he's given you. Hello? He didn't give you the Holy Ghost so you can learn how to melt cows better. Hello? He gave you the Holy Ghost to give proof to the world that Jesus is alive. That he's a living God, not a dead God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is here this morning. Jesus is here this morning. The Holy Ghost is here this morning. So there's no lack of power here. Just a matter of you plugging into the power source. And I've instructed people to do this many times while I'm praying the closest meeting. You decide in your heart what you're going to believe God for this morning and say it right out loud. I'm going down the front of that meeting. When that man of God lays hands on me, I'm going to get healed. But you know, I tell them that, and you know what happens? They come down here, pray for my sickness. Pray for my heart problem. I said, who told you you got a heart problem? The doctor. I said, where did the doctor get his information? He didn't get it from God. Hello? He didn't get it from God. Isn't that right? He didn't get it from God. And how many of you know today the devil is a liar? Can't even tell the truth. So why would we believe him? Huh? Suppose the postman shows up at your door tomorrow. He's got a big box about that long, about that wide, about that tall. And he said, sign right here. This is yours. And uh, you said, well, I didn't order nothing. What is in it? And he looks down there and he said, tiger snakes from Australia. Would you sign it? No? Isn't that amazing? But why didn't you sign for the sickness when the devil knocked on your door and said, sign right here. This is yours. How do I know you signed it? Because you said my sickness. It's not yours. You're called inherent blessing. No sickness or disease is ever listed under the blessing. It's a curse. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. My wife is a little Chinese lady. She's had six babies. Two of them weighed over 12 pounds. Huh? All of them weighed over 10. And she lay in there singing, Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, thou art worthy, O Lord. Now, all the other ladies in that hospital were singing a song that day too, but they sang a different song. They went like this, Ah! <laughs> now, I'm as sure as I stand here that some of them women were in church, church people. But see, nobody ever told them they don't have to suffer in childbirth. 
So how could they believe for it? Hello? My wife said to me when we got married, one baby, that's it, finished. I said, well, you got a problem. <laughs> what do you mean I got a problem? I said, God promised me six sons, so if you're only going to have one, you'll have to have all six of them at the same time. <laughs> she said, but all that suffering and pain, I said, you've been listening to old wives' tales. I said, let me teach you the word of God, and that ain't going to happen. So the first thing I taught her is Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse. What curse? The one that came in the Garden of Eden. Isn't that right? That's what he died for, to redeem us from that curse that came in the Garden of Eden. Hello? And in Timothy, it says, If a woman walk by faith, holiness, and sobriety, he will not suffer what sinner women suffer. I had to stop her from going home talking to her mama. Mama said, don't eat this because the baby be born with this. Don't eat this because the baby have this. Don't eat this because the baby have this. Don't watch Brother Howard pound a, a nail on the wall with a hammer because the baby be born with a hair lip. Huh? I told her, if you want to have this baby God's way, don't talk to your mama. Don't even call her on the telephone until this baby's born. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And she lay there singing, delivered God, over a 12-pound baby. Hallelujah. We got a great God, and he's here right here today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly to the throne of grace. We come through that new and living way, the blood of Jesus, right into the holy presence of God. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you have honored us here today in this place with your presence. And you're here to watch over your word and to bring it to pass. Every person sitting here this morning, Father, has great faith. They have the same kind of faith that you've got. And so, Lord Jesus, teach them how to use that faith. They don't need more faith. They just need to learn how to use what they got. They don't need more power. They got all the power they're ever going to get. They got the Holy Spirit. And that word power means the ability to work miracles. And so, Lord Jesus, teach them how to use that power to work miracles in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that every person sitting here is fully capable of doing that if they'll just listen to the Holy Spirit and obey him. And I thank you, Father, that you're watching over your word to bring it to pass. No word of God is void of power. Every word contains the power to reproduce itself. And the Bible said you sent your word and healed the sick. And so this morning as we send your word, the sick will be healed in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.